there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the baby. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Sol. I'm Cam. How are we? Remember who went next? Remember who went next? How are we, gentlemen? Yeah, good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks. Well, boys, it's a election week here in Australia. Yeah. Do you have an election coming up, Robbo? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, not for a while yet. Mm, all right, you might want to check on that. Uh, oh, really. I don't know. We I did, feel like the, the only time I've ever voted was in legalized cannabis election time here, and then that didn't happen. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm zero percent strike rate, so I'm going to give up. That's fair enough. Uh, it's the election week in Australia this this Saturday is the election, and so we thought we would talk about election fraud. Excellent. Yep. Someone going to steal it? We should talk about Australian election fraud first because. Someone from the Australian Electoral Commission is going to get tagged in a tweet about this a podcast, and so they'll have to listen to it. And it's like, I'm not going to make them listen to us talking about 2,000 mules for 20 minutes. So let's just well, get no, the... No, you should absolutely make them listen, because by the end of it, they'll be like, oh, that's actually a really good show. And then they'll, they'll tell everyone in their office over Zoom. Well, here's the thing. You know me and the Australian Electoral Commission have had our differences, mm. uh, largely... I'll, I'll tweet some electoral misinformation, disinformation, whatever you want to call it. Someone will like snitch on me to the to the man. That's cool, and then they'll be like, "Oh, Cam, very funny, but not correct." <laughs> and then someone will be like, "Oh, yeah, funny, but not correct." Like when the Liberal Party had purple signs that said "Vote Liberal" in Chinese, and so Chinese people reading were like, "Wait, it's illegal not to vote Liberal." You mean like that time and you didn't even do anything? And then the Australian Electoral Commission are like, well, we've already dealt with that. Uh, here's a link to the times that we've talked about it. And they're like, well, why don't you talk about it today? And then the Australian Electoral Commission says, well, we are talking about it today, but here's the time we've talked about it before. And so these convos go on and on. And at no point do they think about untagging me, who just wanted to say that the election was cancelled because the vibes were fucked. <laughs> and yet yeah, but- we have this clear example that the vibes are fucked and the election is still going, so we know that that wasn't true. Cam, I just kind of want to make it clear that you're – Tweeting these things intentionally to, to so people do snitch. 
you you you're complicit in this whole thing. Yeah, but I don't then, need to be in, kept in the is, conversation for the like twenty tweet thread about the signs that were purple. Cam bloody sewing. He's all, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Cam reaping. Oh, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, but here's the thing, right? I accept that, and so that's why I'm saying I am magnanimously, even though I have a a, a axe to grind. I will magnanimously include our Australian electoral fraud section at the start of the podcast so they don't have to listen to us prattle on about mules. They're not interested. Oh, just on a little <clears throat> mini shooey about tweets, uh, guess who made Guardian's top 15 uh, political moments of all time again? I was going to say this, Salty. I was so happy this morning to see that Finally, you were given your correct place in the sun as the originator of the Bill Shorten mullet meme. Yep. <laughs> I got tweeted, hey, you're in a Guardian article. I was like, sweet. Uh, congratulations. Made it. Made it again. Well, first you check what tweet it was. You weren't, yeah. you weren't just getting cancelled for one of your many <laughs> did, subsequent controversial tweets. I did, I did have a little moment of panic. I was like, wait, what have I said about something? And then it was just that, and I was like, ah, that's fine. This man's disturbing limmy illustrations. Yeah. Hey, um. Drawing this fucked up stuff. Salty, congratulations for being the, the mullet originator. It's a very enjoyable moment. I also just want to point out another person, Cam, in New Zealand that has been referred to police for tweeting about or posting on social media that they voted more than once. Oh, no. Um, on Twitter, actually, on October 12th, this was in 2020, a person who went by the pseudonym T Swizzle <laughs> said they had voted twice already and planned to keep casting votes until polling day. There's boxes boxes for so many for many electorates at each booth. I just went down the road and I had another vote at another booth. <laughs> Posted T Swizzle. I voted yesterday and because our system is so slack and requires no ID, I'm voting every day this week and twice on Saturday. That's eight votes against your party from me. <laughs> Cam, was this you? It wasn't me, but I feel like that they've um They've owned themselves a little bit, haven't they? Because they've, they've been arrested. So clearly the system works all right. Yeah, yeah. Or referred to police. It doesn't say they got erected. They're erected. Arrested. Jesus. Ding dong. So uh, let's start off with talking about some Australian uh, electoral fraud. Uh, item number one, I just found out today that there is a going to be a parallel election held by some sovereign citizens. Oh. Uh, which essentially will involve for every because of course the uh, the Commonwealth of Australia is uh, a corporation, yep. just like McDonald's, as I had it explained to me today. Uh, there are no real MPs or senators because they're all uh, the, the fictitious persons. They're not the, the real people. Although you know they have to walk into a building and they count the votes by literally counting how many people there are. <laughs> so I'm not sure if they've fully thought this whole line of reasoning through. Anyway, uh, they're going to appoint three caretakers for every lower house and upper house seat. Then they're going to have a board of directors of 10 people. Bear in mind, this is the uh, this is going to be the parliament that's not the corporation that's going to have the board of directors. Uh, and then they're going to have just have another election, but they're going to get the Australian Electoral Commission to still run the normal election but then there'll also be ballot papers for this other election. So you, instead of filling out two pieces of paper, you're going to be filling out four. At no point in 
all of this logistics being explained, was it ever explained what the point of this was going to be or why the election result would differ <laughs> or who the uh, the caretakers were going to be or how they were going to be appointed. The only thing I could really make out was that one of the things that was sort of snuck in the middle was, oh, yeah, you'll have to give us lots of money. The government has to give us money. I don't think that's going to happen. So can hang on. They're running an election that only sovereign citizens are running in. Well, I don't know. I think that it's supposed to be like a fair election, but it's going to be run and it's still going to be run by the Australian Electoral Commission, who I'm guessing are as much a corporation as the government. Uh, if right. you think if you think that the government is a corporation, then presumably you think that all of the uh, <laughs> statutory authorities <laughs> that report to the government are also corporations. So, yeah, I, f- I feel like they're, they're still sort of stuck in the system a little bit. But also, they're like, we're going to run a parallel election uh, alongside the normal election. But then they're like, we're not, we don't know when we're going to run it. It's like, well, I'll tell you when you need to run it. You need to run it on fucking Saturday if it's going to be parallel. Otherwise, it's very much a perpendicular election. Having it in September or something, which incidentally, you could have the Australian election split and held partly in September. But that's besides the point. Why? Oh, that, that, Robbo, you're going to get me in trouble with the body purple people. Uh, you could you could technically, though, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, the only other Australian electoral fraud thing that I had was uh, I was watching a bit of Ricardo Bossi, who we talked about on our news show, I think, the other day. Yep. The, Aussie uh, Cossack? No. Oh, is that not him? No, this is the, you know, the supposed Italian. Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. So <laughs> he was explaining, because, you know, the Australian elections are... I think considered some of the best in the world. Like they've got it sort of worked out. I will say that some of their untagging etiquette on Twitter leaves a lot to be desired, but probably the rest of it is, you know, top notch. Yeah. But these people, they always get to be in their bonnet about the pencils. Cause like, you can just rub out pencil on the ballot paper, which seems, just ignores the fact that once the ballot paper leaves your hand and falls down into the little box, it's always got eyes on it from like, multiple people mm. till it gets it gets locked in <laughs> like it's locked into a box and it's locked in a truck with security guards and it's taken to a building where there's people from like all the different parties watching it uh so at no point is there only one person alone with your thing who would then have to like furiously start rubbing out votes and like going through and oh, i've got to rub this one out i'll get and then i've got to put in you know the new vote so even if they're left alone for five minutes someone's going to have to be real quick with a rubber it's also uh, I imagine the paper's quite flimsy. Yeah. You get an eraser on that and you're, you're, and you're panicked, you might have a little bit of a sweaty hand. You're going to be tearing paper left, right, and yeah. centre, I reckon. I also feel like, you know, when you rub something out, oh, Robo, come on, mate, grow up. But you know when you rub out pencil on paper, mm. there's, mm. there's generally some sign. Yeah. So when the ballots eventually reach their destination, it's going to throw up a red flag if they're like, oh, all of these people are like writing their votes in and then change them. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't really stand up, but they're always like, you got to use pen, and often they're like, you got to use specific type of pen. But Ricardo Bosi, he's, he's thought all this through. He's like, yeah, no, nah, that is stupid. I'll come up with the way that they do it that makes sense. So you sign, you, uh, you don't sign, don't sign your ballot papers. You number all the boxes on your lower house and number however many you want on your upper house. You put it in the little box, 
gets locked away. There's always people watching it. Gets all the way to the scrutineers who are counting them. Yeah. All right. Where 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 could they have rubbed it out? They haven't yet. That's the thing. They've gotten scrutineers into the building. They have got them in. These scrutineers have got long fingernails, boys. Awesome. Two long fingernails. Under one fingernail okay. is, it, is a little rubber. Mm. And under the other fingernail, they have a little pencil. Oh, rumbled. And you think they're just counting, but really. Yeah, right. Rubbing around drawing. Never mind that there's a whole bunch of people watching this whole thing. <clears throat> Never mind that it's not just about rubbing out one thing and changing it to another thing. Yeah. You would have to rub out, like, heaps of numbers because it's preferential voting. Like, <laughs> you would have under, to, like, like, really change it around. Under one of the other fingernails, do they have a little vacuum cleaner to suck up all the rubber dust? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now we're on a three-fingernail system of starting to make less and less sense. Yeah. Why is the hand going? If you're going that far, you might as well get a fourth and get like a little spidey web installed just for funsies. Yeah. For yourself. I I like, and this is probably going to be a theme of this episode, that in in these people's world, say Richard Bosey, if you said to him, do you think political parties are all from the same side and it's all rigged? He would probably say, absolutely. The people don't have a say. Yet, they're also willing to go so granular, even though, you know, whoever's controlling everything is in charge and can just, you know, it's all predetermined and, and leakings don't matter. But also they need to get tiny little rubbers and little pencils on their little fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the controlling powers haven't worked out this whole system, even that they control. They still need to go to the, the extent of like, oh, we need to do this little thing right on the paper rather than just, Oh, you put it in that chute, and that's where your vote goes, and it just pulps it, and then they go, that's the result. Oh, well, good one. Well, it's like we have a system, because they think we're doing all this, but we still have, like, this election system with all these scrutineers, but wouldn't you just pack the whole room with your people, to just smoke some, some, you know, jazz cigarettes, and then say, oh, this was the number at the end of it. We didn't. Even, you don't even have to count them. Yeah, you just you feed it through a machine, and even if those scrutineers think they're counting it correctly... At the end of the day, you just change all the numbers. Yeah. Or you could just, when you're driving the truck, because we're they're like, oh, we've got too many honest truck drivers. Uh, we could never do this. But why wouldn't you just throw the votes out and put your box of fake votes in? Or just have a shoot at the bottom of the box. So when you yeah. put the vote in, it just drops down into the dungeon below the voting centre and then you just take your fake votes off. Like, there's lots of ways you can do it that don't involve, like, really conspicuous fingernails. <laughs> Wouldn't it, like, throw up some red flags that every scrutineer is a massive coke fiend that they have these fingernails? They, yeah. And even if you're like, oh, well, you know, cocaine's popular, you'd be like, is this popular? That amongst the scrutineer community... They're all, they all have coke nails? There was an article this wouldn't week they be like, last week. Wouldn't they think it's a little problematic? Like, if you're a scrutineer, you're probably somewhat community-minded. That includes the community of the poor people in Colombia who are victims of the cocaine trade. Mm. The, <laughs> the, there was an article recently about how cocaine use in Australia is skyrocketed in the last two years or something. Mm. Like, it's now becoming one of the heaviest cocaine-using countries. So it does make sense. You know, it probably is a good cover for a scrutineer having long fingernails because everyone else is going to go, oh, yeah, 
on the Charlie. Good on you. Anyway, get to your job. Uh, and then, yeah, little little do they know they're not coke fiends. They're election fraudsters. Well, that's our Australian segment. If you're the Australian Electoral Commission, no need to listen on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now let's um, talk about the, now let's talk some real shit about the AEC. <laughs> Hey, uh, I've got... Um, so they can't, tr- they bit- can't trust us. They have to listen now. They don't know. Uh, right. We don't want people to have to listen, Cam. Yeah. Well, um, no, they have to listen, so this is fun. This is I my revenge. Little- like, I have to read their fucking replies. <laughs> uh, sorry. You can, just mute, you can just mute the thread. I try to mute yeah. threads and it doesn't work. Anyway, sorry, Robbo, go on. Let's move on. I don't know how this is everyone else's fault but your own. <laughs> it's yeah. like 80... 80- Seven percent my fault, but that thirteen percent is where we could be making some changes. Now, Robbo, please continue. Um, so, the, you know, how in the US election, the Dominion voting machines were like they reckon they were hacked, and you know, Dominion servers were raided um, in Germany, all tied in, you know, that whole world of just stuff that doesn't happen. Mm. Uh, someone in New Zealand tried to claim that that happened in New Zealand. I oh, have yeah. um, with Dominion voting machines and. Uh, you know, proof that, that Jacinda was, you know, part of the puppet of the New World Order and they used the Dominion voting machines to do it. Bit of a problem with that. New Zealand doesn't actually use voting machines uh, and if they anything related to them is all not Dominion. Um, but that got a bit of traction. But I, I went and checked out the guy who started that, um, Jeff Mould, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has got a lot of good gear on, on his Facebook page. One is that uh, Coca-Cola... If you if you put the words Coca and Cola uh, and you you kind of mirror them, mm-hmm. they look like uh, like Satan, like you know the head of Satan with the goat. It kind of looks like that. <laughs> okay. And and by kind of I mean not at all. It took me ages. Like he's got two yellow arrows pointing from the Coca Cola logo that's mirrored, and then the, the the picture of like Baphomet, you know, the devil with a horn kind of thing. Mm. And I was looking at it for ages, like, I'm, I still don't know what he's trying to say here. Um, it also almost looks like a representation of, um, like, female genitalia. Yeah. You know, like, it, it just doesn't look anything like it. Anyway, in the comment, he said, another product your government allows, knowing that it kills, time to wake up people. P.S. My cousin died after being diagnosed with leukemia. She drank a lot of Coke. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to work out how she developed leukemia. Just watch the video. I'm not sure there was a video attached to that even. I think it was just the picture. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he tried to get a little election fraud stuff going on in New Zealand, and it, it didn't didn't last. Uh, didn't really work. Uh, That's my now, New Zealand gear. Moving on to America. Yeah. Uh, I did come across. I think I'm. I might have missed this one the first go round because we've. I think we've talked about Dominion before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you do you remember ever hearing about Italy Gate? Italy Gate. So this was a conspiracy theory that uh, the Pope, uh, using Italian satellites and military technology, was remotely switching votes from Trump to Biden. Uh, Apparently, (laughs) this didn't actually happen, but uh, that didn't stop Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, trying to get the uh, Department of Justice to investigate it, like sending them crazy YouTube videos. (laughs) It was was like a QAnon thing. But this is like, People in Trump's office were trying to get this stuff investigated. Apparently, it's one of the craziest election fraud conspiracies pushed by, at least by Trump's associates. 
Uh, but it was weird. It went, got to the point where like some weirdo uh, like Trumpistas, uh, they call themselves the Institute for Good Governance. They somehow got it into an, an Italian prison to question an Italian hacker who confessed he used the Leonardo computer systems to change the US election results. So it's a, I think this is a real hacker and these people actually got into the prison uh, and the Italian Bureau of Prisons doesn't isn't quite sure how they got in to talk to this guy. Uh, but the hacker right. says he, he didn't actually speak to them and that he had nothing to do with anything they were talking about. But they put, out a, they, they, put a, they put out a statement saying, we spoke to this hacker. He said, yeah, I changed the US election results using military satellites. But the hacker says, uh, no, they, I never said anything to them. But they did get into the prison somehow. They did or they just say they did? Uh, well, the the Italian government was like looking into how they got in. Right. The and, guy's and he, saying, no, I never saw them. So well, maybe no, they didn't. Maybe he, they just said they did. <laughs> he says he refused to speak to them. Right. So, yeah, that was uh, a little bit of a weird one. Yeah, that was, I think there was a lot of weird ones going on. Because I, I think I remember that one, there was traffic. People saw, you know, packet data or whatever you see increasing into that part of the world. Oh, and then um, um, was it, I think earlier this year, there was a power outage in Vatican City. And yep. they're like, yep, that was the Pope getting arrested. <laughs> uh, Vatican, lots, lots and lots. It's huge, huge place, like for a museum. Not for a country, famously small for a country. Yeah, big for a museum. For, for a museum, large. That's my take so on the Vatican. We, Robbo and Salty, you didn't watch this, did you? <laughs> nope. All right. Well, you can just provide color commentary. And you maybe you can be a judge of how credible some of this stuff are because we've both been peeled by it. <laughs> so you can be the voice of reason. Uh, Robbo, you and I both watched the documentary 2000 Mules. I didn't finish it, but I think I got enough to get the gist. I didn't didn't think there was anything more being added after maybe thirty minutes. Okay, I got a I got a bit further than you. I've got I got like almost to the end. Okay, and it was getting really samey, so mm. <laughs> I was like, "That'll mm. do me." Uh, so this is a documentary, and I guess probably pushing the limits of the phrase the, the term documentary. That's uh, by a guy called Dinesh D'Souza, who is a uh, He's done a lot of these sort of films about, uh, you know, the Democrats are the real racists, uh, the left are the real racists. I think he did one about the Nazis were leftists as one of his sort of famous uh, films. And he's written a bunch of books, some of which are like New York Times bestsellers, which I don't know if, if that is um, a really great metric to judge the quality of a book. <laughs> Mm. But he's written some real dumb books as well. But uh, he is someone with a uh, a lifelong dedication to electoral integrity, which he proved uh, a few years ago by el- making illegal campaign contributions, for which he was sentenced to uh, spending some months living in a halfway house. Yep. <laughs> that's, how, that's how committed he is to electoral integrity, that he is convicted of electoral crimes. Yep. But anyway, yep. who else would you get to make a film about uh, how the election was stolen? Anyway, this is all about this mob called True the Vote, who reckon that they have done the data to prove that the election was stolen by Joe Biden from Donald Trump. And Robbo, how have they proved this with data? Well, yeah. So the the the, the main premise is they identified at least two thousand, and this is being 
them making sure that you know they're, they're not exaggerating. So at least two thousand people that were getting votes and like getting other people's proxy votes or sorry uh, postal votes, and then making them you know making them all democratic votes and then stuffing them into the postal uh, boxes to to you know inflate the vote count for the Democrats. And how they identified this was using cell phone data. So they they looked at all the cell phone data from all the polling sites, or just in swing states, and they went, oh, that person's gone near a, a drop box where you drop off the votes, and then they've gone near another one, and then they've gone near another one, and this has happened 10 times in, you know, two days or something. Mm. They must be stopping in all these vote voting boxes and stuffing the votes. Uh they bought the data off like private companies. Yeah, so this is super creepy, actually. Yeah, a, I think maybe people uh, don't realize that this is happening as much as it does. There are heaps of like apps on your phone that will just sell your location data to data brokers. So like mm. everywhere that your phone pings a phone tower, or I think even sometimes like Wi-Fi, <laughs> uh, and it gets your location. That's all being recorded by just random apps. So there was a big controversy a few years ago where there was like a Mecca app so you could work out which direction Mecca was in and like the CIA was buying the location data and the FBI was buying the location data of everyone using the Mecca app. Uh, There's been recently with the Roe v. Wade situation in America, there's been some concerns that people might be able to buy up the location data of everyone whose phone has been near like a planned parenthood uh, clinic and be able to work out, you know, who's going to get abortions or, you know, all of the many, many, many other services that planned parenthood provide. Mm. And that that could then be used in some weird handmaid's tale situation. They're also concerned about um, apps that track your menstrual cycles. Yeah. As well. Um, and, and how that data could be used against people. But yeah, basically, just about every app in your phone, I think, uh, can this stuff can get sold off. Like any like small app, there's a ch- very good chance that they're just selling your location data, and they they use it for things that, like the main use of it is for marketing companies to be like, oh, well, all of these people who uh, live in these suburbs because it all gets connected to your corporate profile. So you know the sovereign citizens were right. You do have like this other identity that lives in the cloud. Uh, to which heaps of your purchasing decisions are linked. And they can say, well, this person visited these websites and they live in this sort of suburb, so this is where we can focus our marketing for these products. Mm. Uh, Super creepy shit. These guys (laughs) have used it like in the worst way uh, where they're like, we've bought all of the data and we can track everyone who's gone near these things, but they seem to think that it's much more accurate than it is and they seem to have ignored the fact that all of these uh polling things are like in incredibly high traffic areas and so there would be people going past more than one of them all the time there'd be people going past more than 20 of them all the time just as you made your way around town so this documentary got released in some picture theaters apparently yeah like it got a pretty wide release um i saw an article about it or not an article i guess it's a, a press release that um Yahoo Finance, which, you know, you'd think would be somewhat as a legitimate um, news source, just republished a press release saying um, that the movie 2000 Mules, uh, blah, 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 was the most successful political documentary in a decade. Hmm. 
Um, it's already grossed $10 million in revenue. Um, it's the most successful since uh, Obama's America, also produced by Dinesh D'Souza yep. 10 years ago. Um, and then they go on to just, like, this, it's a press release from the people that have made it. So, you know, the movie, it says the movie's shocking revelation are based on research. Um, the film features, you know, it's a smoking gun of election fraud. And I feel like Yahoo Finance slash Business Wire need to vet their press releases a bit better because they're just pushing propaganda that this is a hugely, hugely successful documentary, but it's not at all. Yeah. Um, the One of the, I guess, the starting points is as well is all the people that are doing the, the crimes, doing the, the dropping, you know, the dropping the ballots um, are really bad people. Yeah. And the people that are saying this are like, you know, they don't give any evidence. You say they're really bad people in high high crime areas, and they're violent people. We've looked into them, and they're all violent. Well, because they, I don't think they actually identified anyone. No, with with this system, even though you can follow these people from the voting thing, all you know, you can follow their whole day, and you can follow them back to their house. Yeah. So you you could identify them. I think the way they sort of identified them as being bad people that was they were like, well, these phones were here on our thing and we also looked at uh whether these same phones were at like black lives matters rallies which of course makes you the devil for these people so they um as part of their evidence that this their phone tracking thing would work um to identify this they said they they claimed to solve a murder did you catch this part cam yeah so they're like you know this is the thing also we've talked about this before where they do their like their bellingcat version Mm. because they they hate it when they get pinged for this. This is like the, a whole bunch of people at January six got pinged with this stuff, and so they're like, we need we need our own one. Mm. Uh, but they're like, yeah, to prove that the method works, we're going to solve a murder. And they took this shooting that happened in a car park, and they're like, well, here are all the phones that were in that area at the time. Yeah, I think it's really telling that they're like, well, these are all the phones that could have been there. Well, there would only have been a few people in the car park when the murder went down, but you've got more than a few phones. That's because you have a situation where they like pinging off one cell phone tower and they've just got an approximation of where they are, which sort of does point out a small flaw in your methodology for the vote thing. Anyway, they, 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 yeah. they're like, we, yes. we were, they identified these two phones that were like likely at the thing. And we gave that information to the FBI. And then the next thing they say in the documentary, and is it true that people have been arrested in relation to that crime? And they're like, yes, it is. These two men were arrested. I feel like an important question might have been, was there any connection between the arrest of those men and the information that you found? And was there any connection between you finding that information and then them being arrested? Because the answer to both those questions is no. No. They were they were arrested long before they even looked at the thing. They were arrested because a witness who was on scene that also had a gun turned himself in and identified the shooters. Yeah, um, like a week after it happened, and it, yeah, it just had nothing to do with them at all. Um, but yeah, that's what they're claiming as being proof as that the system the, works. Yeah, proof that it works. What I also thought was weird for a documentary, no one was identified. Mm. No one was given a, you know, when you're, if you're filming a documentary and you've got John uh, Smith, who is a doctor of thing, you put his name on and you say, this is the guy that is the doctor and he's going to tell us about it. They don't do that. They, like they, they say start, their names once. Yeah. And then they and then move they on. Talking, yeah. So I quickly stopped and Googled one of the names when they said it. Um, it was Greg Phillips. Yeah. This is the, the main sort of guy. 
Yeah. He, who, um, just before you say who he is, there's I've seen a bunch of like coverage of this stuff, like some debunks of the debunks. Mm. And they, they, because they, it's true the vote is the organization. And then this is Greg Phillips. And they call it, he's like from the OPSEC team. Right. I think, I think they mean OSINT as in open source intelligence, but they keep uh, on yeah. saying OPSEC instead of as in operational security. It's just one of those things where they don't know basic things and no. they've seen the thing with the lines that point to things and they're like, we want a, th- we want a thing with lines. And so they're like, yeah, we want, we want some of that OPSEC. Anyway, Greg Phillips, tell me um, more. So, so Greg Phillips, um, he's been involved. They say so he's uh, been involved in you know, election fraud investigations for 30 years or th- three decades or 40, whatever it is. Um, one of the things he's most noticeably, notably been involved in in relation to election fraud is doing actual election fraud. <laughs> yep. um, he was registered to vote in three states when someone uh, investigated him. Uh, this was in the 2016 election. Uh, and he, the quote from him is, that is not fraud, that is a broken system. Yeah. So he's using the, um, when people get caught uh, looking at pedophile content, they're like, oh, no, I'm just investigating them. I'm not actually. I'm not actually a bad guy. It's everyone else's fault. Um, he got caught for a bunch of other things. Did you have some things that he? Uh, yeah. So he worked uh, like as deputy commissioner for the Texas Health and Human Services Commission, and just like I don't know about a, <laughs> he because he's been doing election fraud stuff for a long while, but he certainly has been involved in fraud investigations for many years because <laughs> he's been investigated in relation to. Uh, uh, a local newspaper found that there was a clients of Interject, which was a lobbying company he founded, were given $160 million in state contracts uh, by him. He told uh, the local paper he'd severed all ties to the company when he went to work for the state, but they found that, in fact, he hadn't and that his wife was the company's chief financial officer. Uh, Interject also got a $670,000 contract for processing immigrant paperwork uh, the from that was from the Texas Workforce Commission, the director of which was Phillips's deputy. And uh, after he left state employment, his new company, AutoGov, got a contract worth at least two hundred and seven thousand uh, dollars of public funds to work on fixing the computerized welfare system that he had implemented <laughs> as the as the guy. Uh, there, there was a no bid contract, so they didn't uh, look at any other people. Right. For that, it was just him uh, to fix the problem that he put in. Um, yeah, so he, uh, for a start, how the hell does that keep happening anyway? Um, but yeah, he is, uh, he's their main source of yeah. all these crimes. I, I also um, noticed, before we get back to 2000 Mules, do you remember like at the 2016 election when Donald Trump was like, oh, there were all of these illegal votes? Yes. Which was like stupid because you you like you won the election, but he was so uh, grumpy about the fact that uh, he didn't win the popular vote. He's like, uh, even though if you were going to have illegal votes, wouldn't you like? Um, actually, maybe this does track with the modern Democrats, where they're like, oh, we just need the pyrrhic victory of winning the popular vote. Don't worry <laughs> about actually having any power. So maybe it does make sense. But uh, like three million votes, they reckoned were cast, and this was Greg Phillips and this True the Vote mob again. They're like, we've got, they said, we have proof that 3 million non-citizens voted in the election. And then people said, well, where's the proof? And they said, just you wait. And I had a look and they just never provided the proof. And like a few months later, people were like, so what happened to the proof? They're like, oh, 
we didn't have the money to, to find the proof. It's like, no, you said you had the proof. You shouldn't need um, any money. You should be able to just put it up on a website. So a lot of the, the current proof outside of this cell phone data, which hasn't really proved anything at this point. Well, with was, the cell phone, sorry, just with the cell phone data. So they, they track these phones that go past the things. Now, they could be on another street, but let's just say that they actually do walk past them. These are phones that are going past things that are in high traffic areas. And they're like, well, they're going past 10 of them. Well, maybe there's 40 of them in the city. But besides that, they only do it within the time frame of the election, which is when they're saying the fraud is happening. Now, it would be so easy to just do before the election and after the election in, your, in the time frame. Look at those phones that go past the things, and then you could say, well, did the, were they doing that before you could put things into the box? And were they doing it after you could put things into the box? And if they weren't, then you can say, well, there's a pattern. But they don't do that. And that's the easiest thing to work out. So the fact that they didn't do that shows how full of shit they are. So the other evidence they have is three videos, four videos. No, four million hours of video. Four million hours, but they they only showed four during the documentary. Like 4,000 hours or something. Um, And and the first one is a guy who has multiple ballots that he's putting them into into the Dropbox. Um, And they put it like it's maybe one o'clock in the morning, they say – you know, and they make out everything he does is super dodgy. Like he doesn't even park his car properly because uh, he's, he's just like the intersection's right there. There's no one else around. He just gets out of his car. Well, he's just parked. Across, even, he's parked across like a bunch of car parks. Yeah, and then they go, and he's looking around. And when you're doing things like that, you're looking around to see who's watching. You're nervous. I swear to God, that guy doesn't look around at all. No. <laughs> um, then he he drops one of the the ballot things. He he maybe had like three. And like, oh, he's just losing them everywhere. And then they go, oh, he, he runs back to his car. He just he sort of, oh. he just he walks kind back. Of walks, and then he does a little jog, like, oh, hop, you know, a little, well, at my car, the little jog. Uh, he was black, so I'm wondering if that's why they really, really pinned him. Um, well, the minute he came on screen, they probably went into a panic attack. Yeah. Is he going to get out of the screen? Is he going to older guys this? I don't get that. A little ghost comes out of the screen, mate. And poltergeist. They come out and grab you. Mm. I'm just saying they're very scared of black people. Cut oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll cut it so it makes it look like you got the joke. Okay. The The next video is a lady who, um, she walks past a trash can. And it's important to note she doesn't look at the trash can. And they, they make sure you know this. Sorry? Doesn't look at it once. Does not. Uh, she's wearing gloves. As well, like blue, like surgical glove kind of things. Um, and then she put the thing in the her envelope in, just one, I'll note, just one. Yep. Put it in and then immediately took the gloves off and put them into the trash can that she hadn't even looked at. And their conclusion, which is, I'm assuming, the only right conclusion, she's done it before. Yeah, she's been there before so many times that she knows it like the back, you know, like the back of her hand that she can't see. Yeah. Now, why would you need to be wearing gloves? Because you don't want to leave any fingerprints. Yeah. Because they're going to be dusting this thing that thousands of people are touching for prints. Like, this is their logic. They're like, oh, they'll bust you by doing the prints. It's like, how? How are they going to get prints off this thing? They claimed that uh, two women were indicted in Arizona for ballot harvesting uh, by the FBI using fingerprint data. And Mm. the day after that happened, 
that's when everyone started wearing gloves to the ballot boxes the day after. Uh, um, the actual uh, case that they're mentioning does not mention fingerprints at all anywhere. Uh, it's got nothing to do with fingerprints. People just got caught because they were foolish. And, uh, yeah, the, the real issue I'm assuming is it's a freaking pandemic. Yeah, the novel coronavirus. We'll try not to touch things. Also, they're like, she didn't even see the bin. Well, firstly, maybe she's been to this place before. Like, it's outside the post office or something. <laughs> but also, Sorry. she turns around and it's like, for them, I think at the, at the very beginning of this, they're like, you know, we all went to bed that the night of the election and Trump was winning and we all woke up and Biden was ahead and they're like, what the hell happened here? Because they have no object permanence. Yeah. So they can't, they can't conceive of the idea that things changed overnight and they can't conceive of the idea that when she turns around, she has like a field of vision that isn't just directly in front of her. Like she can see, she can see the bin when she turns around. Yeah. Um, the other main evidence they have from a video was that someone took a photo mm. of the box after they'd voted. And that's because they, they're theorizing that they weren't getting paid. They wouldn't get paid by whoever was organizing this if they didn't take a photo of the box. So yep. they had to get that photo. Not that it's 2020 at the time and everyone is just taking photos of things all the time. Well, this was another one where they narrate him as well. And the narration has nothing to do with, they're like, oh, he looks agitated. He puts the thing in, and then he looks agitated. Uh, he doesn't. He just looks normal. He gets on his bike and then he's like, oh, I forgot to take my stupid fucking I voted Instagram shot. Yeah. And so he, he jumps off his bike and takes a quick photo, which incidentally, if you're running some sort of fraud scheme, uh, people could defraud you. They could just take photos of the ballot boxes and not put anything in them. Mm. Yes. Because it's not like he took a photo of the ballots going in. And also, the, they're like, these people are running the most complicated and... Uh, criminal enterprise in the history of American voting. But one thing we need to make sure they do is get photographic evidence of it. When this comes back to what we were saying at the start of, you, you just, you're not paying a random guy to stuff five ballots into a box. If you, you know, if the Democrats are really in charge of everything at the top down, mm. especially if you've got these electronic voting machines, where no one's actually physically counting anything. Just hack those. Yeah. From Italy um, with the Pope. So every those three videos, they said they've got like evidence of these same people going to multiple boxes on they video. Never, they never show it. They never show it. Not once. And, and I, they don't I show thought, how it correlates to the cell phone data at all. Yeah, I thought that they might like say, well, because especially when someone's going and dropping their vote off at one in the morning, which they're like, well, that's a strange time to be casting your vote because these are like these slimy elite conservative pieces of shit who don't understand the reality of the pandemic for normal yeah. people yeah. <laughs> who are like going to vote at 1am so they don't have to be near anyone else and they don't understand the reality of being a working person who has to go and vote at 1am uh, because that is the time when you, when you can do it. That's also oh, the time to do crimes. Yeah, they really got my goat. But Surely it would be pretty easy. You're like, well, this person was here at the thing at 1am. They're the only person there, so let's see where their phone went. But they don't do that at any point. They know the date and time they were there. They should be able to track them, but they don't. And the reason they don't is because they can't, because it's all bullshit. Uh, then they use all this data, and what they do is they say, we calculated this many people visited this many boxes, 
And each one of those, if we assume they each voted five times when they went past these many boxes, hmm. it adds up to this amount of votes. And once they calculated them all for all the states, the five states that they were looking at, and then adjusted the votes to the election, guess what? Trump Donald, won. Donald Trump. Trump gets a little win. Yeah. Just, well, Donald, just Donald by using Trump, their math. Donald Trump wins three of the five states. Yes. Uh, which is enough to win the presidency. But it's like the, the Democrats would have still won in two of the states, even if they didn't do this. So it seems like it was still fairly close. I feel uh, like they're, I feel like they're made up maths. I think they did that intentionally hmm. to t- kind of show they were impartial because they just started adding the numbers, like random numbers that they had. They're like, oh yeah, each one would be five. Th-. But the other thing is that the, there was like a, a ballot box where they're like, oh, there were so many more votes in this ballot box than you'd expect that were put in over this period of time. Now, you have CCTV footage of this box for the entire time period that these votes have been put in. So why don't you just watch all of it? Well, they they said the amount of people that have visited over this five-hour period was only 190, Hmm. yet there's this amount of votes. But you should be able able to see if they're putting in more than one vote. Or do it for longer than the the five-hour period. They just only seem to calculate a five-hour period, but tallied all the votes for that box Hmm. um really frustratingly awful and what's happening with this is the cooked right in america fucking running with it like it's hard evidence uh alex jones conspiracy subreddit all of them i'm sure it's blowing up on telegram well it's it's gone it's a really mainstream conservative thing because in the in the movie they go they start the film off by going to like all of these main I say mainstream, but these are all far-right people, like Seb Gorka, uh, Charlie Kirk, who I don't know if yeah. you've seen before. He's a guy with a like, huge head. Uh, yeah. Dennis Prager from PragerU, I think, is one of them. Uh, and some other sort of like Republican people. A couple of them are like uh, election truthers already, but the other ones are like supposed to be the, uh, oh, no, you know, I'm a reasonable person yeah. sort of thing, even though they're not. They're all cooked. <laughs> to yeah. begin with, but some of them say they're not cooked. But then by the end of it, they're like, oh, yeah, there's, there really is something here. Now that I've seen the evidence. But, like, they haven't seen any evidence. And even they're like, you know, once the votes are out of the envelope, there's no way to track who put them in because one of them's like, oh, yeah, couldn't you uh, look at the names on on the ballots to see whether they match up against real people and you could go and ask those people, oh, did you vote? They're like, no, no, because once they're out of the envelopes, you don't know who they belong to. But you still have the envelopes that have the voters' information on them. So you can check whether those people voted or not. And that's how, that's how they find people that vote multiple times. It's just like in Australia where you get your name ticked off the list and then they check the list to make sure that you didn't get ticked off more than once. It's yeah, but how, much- do you, how do you normally get around that, Cam? Well, you don't get around it. Ah. Like in, in Australia, you can go to one polling place and vote. Oh, the Australian Electoral Commission, like, I'm glad we kept on listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was asking how you'd get around it. No, you go to one place and they're like, uh, are you Luke Robertson? And you say yes. And they say, you're not allowed to vote here. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, all you're allowed to do here is pay taxes for years mm. with no representation. Per the famous saying, taxation without representation. No, but I go and I say, I'm Cam Smith. They tick me off. Then I go to the next polling place over and I say I'm Cam Smith and they tick me off and then I go to the next one and I say I'm Cam Smith and they tick me off 
And now I can get away with it because there's so many Cam Smiths. But let's say your name's Andrew Saltmarsh and you do that. At the end of the day, they're going to say, Andrew Saltmarsh got ticked off five times and someone will come knock on your door and say, Selfie, what are you doing? And you'll say, I just got had voting fever. And they'll say, fair enough. And that's how people get caught. And usually it's like someone with dementia. Uh, and in America, usually it's like some Republican uh, yeah, who's, they- like, who's like, oh, I voted on behalf of my kid. Because I, I wanted to have an extra vote. Uh, that's like all. There's so few cases of it, and it's usually Republicans. But anyway, that's besides the point. It was quite funny. They kept on mentioning, and some one guy they're talking to is like, you know, this is voter fraud, fraud happens. It happened here, and I, I googled kind of all the ones that he went through, and yeah, they're all Republican ones. Yeah, <laughs> he just didn't mention any specifics. He's like, it happened in Orlando in a runoff election. And like, you quickly Google it. Yep, Republicans. So it's like all these things you could check. Who they were, and I, I noticed that in some of the reporting on this doco, they did the FBI like looked into the claims and found that there was no weight to any of them, and they even one of the videos they showed where the guy's putting five ballots in the thing, those were all ballots he was allowed to put in because there was his and his wife's and like his mum's and his dad's and his brothers or something, and you were allowed to go and take your families and pop them in for them because you know we're trying to avoid having five people go out in the middle of a pandemic when just one person could go out. So 2,000 meals, in summary, any takeaways for you, Cam? It was just really bad. And you could, if you wanted to make the point that they're making, you could do it, tweak it slightly. And if you had any proof, you could do it. And the fact that they don't do it in a way that show actually shows incontrovertibly uh, is just clear proof that they're full of shit. Besides the fact that they, they're just, these guys, everyone involved has a history of either outright fraud or c- government corruption. Uh, even this true the vote people in the past. Uh, so one of the main th- sort of things they do is try to get black people knocked off the electoral roll. Mm. And at one point they put in an application uh, in relation to getting a bunch of black people knocked off the electoral roll and all of the signatures they put on their application were forged. <laughs> so, this is, I think we've, maybe we've mentioned this before. Anytime they say they're doing that, it's because they're doing it. <laughs> Anything they say the enemy is doing, that's what they're doing. Everyone involved in this production has like a history of either, yeah, electoral malfeasance or illegal campaign contributions or just putting dodgy signatures on things. They're all complete snakes. It's just so funny that they uh, consider themselves to be the arbiters of you know, fair elections. Yep, yep. Um, hey, just do you have any, anything more on that? Because I want to circle back to something we mentioned last week. Uh, no, I don't. Carry on. Uh, anyway, that was 2,000 mules, election fraud. Yeah, 2,000 uh, mules, zero stars. Zero stars from me. Um, we were looking up the lady, the, the triggered meme lady. Oh, yeah, we talked about her last that. week. Yeah. And I looked her up and you know how people, you like, if you Google triggered meme, if you're not familiar with it, it's an angry looking lady that re- the right wing people she's, were oh, wide eyed. You yeah, know why she's so wide eyed? Cause she's been bloody triggered. Yeah. And then you go, I wouldn't watch the video, the original video. And she's talking incredibly rationally and very normally <laughs> with a smile on her face the whole time. Uh, and they've just caught one frame that she looks slightly, or, or she looks wide eyed. Yeah, she's, she's like, a, she's just opening her eyes. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, she's she's discussing it with like a bunch of incredibly irrational Trump supporters who are like losing their marbles 
and she's just like explaining things very calmly to them. And at one point, she opens her eyes slightly to let more light in. Um, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted, uh, Donald Trump Jr., my favourite of the Trumps. Um, he tweeted one time, uh, Instagram is down, so let's have some fun with pictures here. Love the concept for the new Marvel movie. Thoughts? Question mark. And it says Captain Triggered. And it's a picture of this lady photoshopped onto a Marvel superhero. Uh, so, yeah, Donald Trump Jr. is also a fan of the meme. Good times. Yeah, yeah right, we're pl- getting better at memes. Yeah, and the left are getting nervous. Mm-hmm. All right, election fraud. Yeah, this was supposed to be a quick one, uh, but I got so grumpy about all the mules. We didn't even say why they were called mules. <laughs> anyway. Because they were muling votes around. Yeah. Well, if people want to find us, where can they do so? Well, that was implied. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at twitter.com slash hypothepod. We're on Facebook. We're on, well, not really. We're on patreon.com slash hypothepod. And thank you to Tammy, our cook $33 sponsor. Thank you. Thanks, Tammy. Uh, you can find me uh, at Short Jaw Brewing here in Westport. Come visit us at the tap room. Had some Australians in lately. Welcome back to the country, Australia. Hey. Uh, salty. Uh, you can get me uh, twitch.tv slash the salt for some art streams and stuff. Great. And you, and you can get me at Gathered Around Me, uh, my other podcast, or Yen yeah, Pasran, my radio show, or find me on Twitter at Sexenheimer. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. supply contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Don't worry Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which, let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing, except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you just...